0: Welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It wasn't the result we hoped for as we missed the chance to go top of the table for Christmas but a draw was probably a fair result on the balance of play. We fell behind early but hit back with a brilliant equaliser from Mo and we had the chances to win it in the second half but just came up short. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and joining me for this one I've got Paul Natton and Dan Thomas. Okay, er... Two points dropped or a point gained? What are we thinking, Paul? Start
1: with you. The game, I said I'd have taken a point
0: at that stage.
1: Although I'm not sure if I was really thinking straight. You did say that
0: before the game. We, I was. Like I did. I appalled. did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm. I'm <laughs> not sure I was thinking straight because I, I, you know, I'm well aware of how important Anfield is, but I think it was maybe a, a reflection of the fact that, you know, Wednesday night aside. We've been really stuttering, I think, in terms of our fluency over the last few games. Um, And while I didn't see Arsenal going into the game as a massive threat going forward, I thought they'd make it hard for us to score and they maybe would be able to snatch one, which is actually what happened. I mean, I think all of us were saying, uh, I think Dan Dan said it first, that we could... all three results were definitely on the cards, and I I felt like there'd be an odd goal in it if if there was going to be a winner. So, but then when you see how it played out, you see like the absolute fucking rip-off of the of the the non penalty for the handball by Odegaard.
2: Mm. You
1: see Trent miss. I mean, to be fair, I've seen it back and it does bobble slightly, but miss a goal that an opportunity he should have scored um I've, I feel really frustrated like I feel like it's it's points dropped but then you know you then go back and you look at the league table, you look at the way everything's so condensed you look at the way city are not in there at the moment um it's a different season and I think you know it's I find it quite hard to maintain maintain perspective on on, on it as a campaign really because it just feels like well for a start none of us would have predicted we'd be up in this position at this stage. Um, second of all, um, we're clearly still right in the middle of you know a development phase of this team, um, and so it's 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 a difficult one to really to, to really put your finger on how to, how to view that game. I, we should have won. We should have won. I think is the is the is the only. The, yeah. the only um, decisive thing thing I can take away from him. we should have won so in that case I guess it's points dropped but I just I feel frustrated to be honest Dave I just feel really frustrated Same. and I'm also yeah. really quite worried and concerned about it about what you know what we've got left in the team the injuries forwards. now forwards can't score big issue with injuries you know Costas broken his collarbone mm-hmm. so I've come out of that game on one level you know Heartened slightly by the results, but on another, just all, I'm all over the place to be honest. I don't really know what to think. I think you know what's really I think what's really unsettled me most of all is dropping those points against the Manx last week, yeah. And then you know, if that had been three points in the bag, as it absolutely should have been because they were shite, then you go into today and it's a great point, yeah. Well, that's not the case, is it? So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, like you know, if we were getting all carried away thinking about how many points clear we could have been, we could have been it's, it's, of ...in the last two games and, you know, it's very tight at the top. So, yeah, difficult, difficult. Um, I think probably probably points dropped is, is my my view, but I'm, I'm all over the place, as I'm sure you can tell.
2: Yeah. Dan, what about you? Yeah, you, you kind of, Paul's used the word frustration a few times there, and that probably matches my feelings as well. Um, I thought it was a good game. It was good to watch um, as opposed to last week when Uh, eric 10 dice just flooded the um midfield and we worked we we didn't get going um we should have won it was kind of like i didn't know what kind of game it was going to be i didn't know if arsenal would try and and keep it tight and and, and, um try and like blitz us on the break and they didn't do very much really to be honest um i I thought it was going to be like a, a nip and tuck game and not one of those Occasional matches we have against Arsenal where it seems like it's one of those old wrestling games where you load up each wrestler with like five finishing moves to start the game and the the whole match is just finishing moves just like knockout punches and it it just didn't go that way. I I didn't think it would. Arsenal were an intelligent team. They used the ball well, protect the ball really well. Um, So it it was a very cautious performance from them. Um, And yeah. I've watched it back myself, and and Paul's already identified the bobble. But in um in the in the Marvel universe, we've got the time stones, and in my head, I could just see Heskey Burring down on the Crystal Palace goalkeeper that time. And conversely, the um, when Mo Salah went to against Arsenal, I, I, Arsenal ironically enough, four or five years ago went to, practically the full length of the field and scored. And I didn't know which way that one was going to go. It just had the feeling that we was going to cock it up somehow because it's. It's been that kind of December for us. We're normally quite strong in December and we have not really convinced, apart from against West Ham reserves on, on Wednesday. So, yeah, we, we weren't the worst team in the world because we drew with 0-0 with Man United and we weren't the best team in the world because we thrashed West Ham on Wednesday. The truth is we're somewhere in between. We're in a development phase. We're probably slightly ahead of where we was expecting to be. Um, but that's not to say that we shouldn't have won that game because we had the, the, the chances and possession to do so. And again, it's decision-making and a lack of being clinical that's that's cost us. And uh, I, I'm not one of these people who shout shoot at every opportunity, but oh my God, will you shoot? Because sometimes we're just trying to walk it in and pass when it just needs someone to leather it, especially when Raya, for me, is, is suspect. His position is not the best just hit it and see what happens oh and by the way the chippy was closed again i blame the chippy for this continuing dropping of points and for the fact that i'm starving like that episode of father ted where they go to the mainland and Dougal's just constantly chirping about being hungry that's me at the moment i'm hungry this i'm going to get angry as this podcast goes on yeah uh was when paul said like
0: you know he was all over the place before the game and um, wasn't thinking straight. I thought he was gonna say because the chippy was closed and he had to get his, <laughs> he had to buy food and Webby's instead. But um, yeah, apparently the chippy was open after the game, you know, Paul.
1: Oh fuck again, off, was you know,
0: it? Yeah. So I think what the you know, fuck they're like completely redefining the term chippy now, aren't they? And <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd also say. I think Klopp needs to be fucking mentioning that in his press conferences and fucking blaming the the, the, uh, the lucky star and County Road rather than having to go with the fans because that's like all season. We've won every single home game and then the last two home games, the fucking chippy's been closed and we haven't won either game. So, you know, coincidence. I think else.
2: not. I'm going to have to send the boys around to make sure that the uh, the chippery is open when we expect it to be.
0: <laughs> torch the police dancing. Some boys out. to torch it. So I'm boycotting it now. So I got chips inside the ground today. got fries in the ground and I'm going to do that from now on. Just on protest. But um yeah, we're getting sidetracked there um early on. Usually it's a bit later before we get so sidetracked. But uh, <laughs> no, as for the game, I think it's like the point would have been more than acceptable if we hadn't been so shit last week but that game last week meant to me okay we really probably need to win this one and we should have won it i don't necessarily think we can say we deserve to win it i think it was pretty relatively even game thought they were better side in the first half we were the better side in the second half um they were time wasting quite a lot which i found to be a bit strange because I don't think they needed to. I, like they were always in that game, and like they probably finished it the strongest. Like the last fifteen minutes, they had most of the ball, and we were relying on counterattacks. But then the ball would go out, and they'd be like taking ages to get it back in. And well, they they're more than happy with the point. But they should have probably been thinking that that they could nick it because it was just a nip and tuck game, not much any. Um, the 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 Trent miss, you know. I need to say it back because I haven't. All I've only seen it like in real time, <laughs> and all I can tell you is like what I thought at that at that moment when Mo was running through, and it was like we had, I think it was like five v one or something, wasn't it? it was it was mental. It but was, yeah, but it was the ground normal. that Trent made up to get where he did was incredible. The speed also yeah. Trent on that break was like because yeah. I'm watching it now. Maybe it's because he was running. Like it, was, Harvey was like the next one up there with Mo, and and Harvey's not the quickest, but Trent like flew right up past Harvey. The speed out of him was like really impressive, and when that pass was played to him, I kind of like recoiled a little bit. I was like, "Oh, I didn't feel like the pass. It looked like it was a bit too firm." And I think it's not like a bad pass. I'm not blaming Mo or anything like that. I'm um, all I'm saying is the way that the pass comes at him. He kind of has to just hit it. You know, he couldn't like set himself and pick his spot. He just had to like kind of rush a shot a little bit. That's how I saw it at the time. I'd need to see it back. I don't know. But it felt to me like there was a little bit too much zip on the pass. And then apparently it's bobbled as well. People have said that. So it's yeah, it's one of them yeah. things. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm just I'm relieved it wasn't Darwin who did that. Because <laughs> we would <laughs> never have had the end of it if that was Darwin and not Trent. Um but so we should have won it based on that. The penalty, yeah, it's an obvious penalty. I think that's quite early in the game, though, So we don't know how things would have played out after that. So although I'm a bit pissed off about it, I don't think it's like necessarily decisive. Um, what I felt was like after we did miss that chance, we know turned it to the bar, and I felt like it knocked the stuffing out of us a bit because we just sort of didn't really do much after that, and and Arsenal like got themselves like. I don't know whether I'd say in control or not, but they, they had a spell where like they had the ball for about 5-10 minutes and we weren't really getting near them. But the positives that I'll take out of that today is I thought like defensively we were superb. uh, We, like, we restricted them to very little and they had a really good side with a lot of dangerous attacking players and I felt like we, we coped with that really well. I thought Canate was fucking incredible and I thought Joe Gomez yeah. was just fucking amazing. Joe Gomez that just yeah. shut Saka down completely, and he was actually like really dangerous going forward. That was one hell. Of nearly a performance. scored twice. Yeah, that, that was one hell of a performance by Joe Gomez, especially because he's left back and you know it's not it's not his best position, but he was fucking brilliant. Him and Canate for me, and Endo, those three really really stood out. I thought it's just the attacking side of it. it's not right, is it? You know that, that's the problem we've got. It's I, not
1: even nearly right, no, Dave.
0: No, it, it's oh, we're I, miles away. I, we are like. It, Dom's just not, he puts a really good shift in, don't get me wrong. You know, I think he's contributing just like the, the work rate up and down the pitch. He's back defending, like, he's, he's leading like counter attacks and stuff. He's doing a lot, but the quality just isn't there at the moment. I don't know, like.
1: Fucking lucky to stay on when Curtis went off.
0: Yeah, well, I want to talk about that because, like, when they were making the subs, I did call that Curtis would be the one going off. I, I, I called those three subs right, like, when I was saying to John, but I didn't agree with it. But I knew that that was going to happen, and I think that's one of those like sports science busybody. Oh, don't he played ninety in midweek? He's in the red zone. Don't let him. Don't let him play the full game because he was playing really well. He he should not have been getting brought off based on performances. It had to be like another reason why they brought him off, and we got so much worse because. <laughs> oh my God! How bad was Gravenberg when he came on? Did he do okay. a thing right? He was, he was,
1: well, any of the subs apart from Joe Gomez. No, but, I mean, even, but he was—he
0: was especially bad. He was horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I, I thought, you know, I thought Harvey was fine. Darwin was okay. He did not didn't get into the game much, but that's not necessarily his fault. He's like stuck out on the left touchline, chalk on his boots most of the time. Yeah. What was what was that fucking decision about that free kick at the end, though? Fucking hell. I, What's I think he doing there? I, I thought that was just he wanting to get on with the game, you know, just trying to well, like, a fucking dope. There's he about a minutes to go. And, yeah, he should have done, but he was wanting to, to just like, before they got reset, he wants to take a quick free kick and get us going forward. So I, I wasn't like particularly bothered about that, but, um, I think you're the only one on the ground who wasn't mate, Fucking, yeah. you know? I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn against me boy over something like that, but no, it has, just, um, the attacking side of it's just not good. And not just the forwards, like they're the, they are the main issue with it, I'd say. But at least one of the midfielders has got to be doing more. And the only one I actually feel like is well, Curtis the other night. Um, but Trent, I think you know, and, and we, I don't think we can do it now because like we've no Robo, no Costas, so Gomez is going to have to play left back. So Trent's going to have to play right back. I'm actually at the point where it's like, no, Trent's gotta be in, in midfield because he's the most creative and he's more likely to get a goal than, than any of the others. But I don't think that option's there for us now because of the injury situation. But um Dom's not doing it. Gravenberch, like, you know, he he wasn't great today, but he's been in and out carrying a bit of a knock and um Curtis and Harvey doing well. But we just we've gotta get something going in attack. If they're like playing like strangers, aren't they? You know, just because we're getting good situations. And in the final ball, like there was one today when it opens up for Dom. He's like running right through the centre in the second half. And it opens right up for him. And he gets to the edge of the box. He's about 18 yards out. And it's opens up. And he doesn't hit the shot. He tries to play a pass to Mo and plays it like five yards behind him. And I'm like, what's going on? Why? why how's this happening? Like, it's like they're playing like strangers. It's weird. It's it, You'd think this would have been happening in August, September. And we were fine then. It all looked good. And it's just gotten worse to the point like the last month, most of the performances in the last month, the attacking side of the game just not been there. And I, I don't know why that is, but it's it's definitely a concern. Thankfully though, we do look really good defensively. You know, the, the shape of the side's good. We're not giving away too many chances. I think defenders are all in, in good form individually and collectively. But we've just got to get that attacking side of it sorted.
1: I mean, it's, uh, it's, for me, it's twofold. It's, it's like, tactically, I'm not clear what we're trying to do on the front foot sometimes. And I don't think the players are. I mean, and the, 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 other, the other side of it is just the form of so many individuals. I mean, Diaz, what the mm. fuck? He has just fallen off a fucking cliff. And to be honest, I was not, I was not banging, his, banging the drum for him as much as many were when we first signed him. I thought, yeah, he's had a decent start. You know, when He came in in that January window when we first got on, thought, yeah, he's had a good start. And he had a good start to last season as well. But I've not ever thought, uh, farewell Sadio, um, you know, we don't need, to, don't need to remember you anymore. He's never, ever, ever been someone where I've thought, yeah, instantly you're fantastic. I think he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but the form he's in at the moment is horrific. Absolutely horrific. I mean, you just go through them all. I mean, Darwin, 12 games without a goal. And fuck me, that's not great. That's not great at all. It's a proper worry. But for me, when you, I mean, Gakpo again, you know, didn't really, didn't play that well today. Didn't really make many contributions. Um, Six foot four and
0: can't win either.
1: Yeah, you've already Still mentioned. you me already in. mentioned Gravenberg and Dom. I mean, I, th- I think Dom is Dom also is in an absolutely horrible run of form at the yeah, moment. I agree. Um, and, and I, I just think, what what's going on? What is going on? What are we doing? I, part of me really feels that maybe it's all just, I, I don't know, are we over-complicating the rules? Is it all just really complicated tactically? Because, and, and that you know, the, some of them, are, they're in so many different positions. They're changing position from moment to moment within the game, never mind from, uh, from match to match. You know, I just don't know how players can, when they're in a new team um, and playing under a new manager, how can they find... That vein of form that a lot of players need, if things are changing constantly, I don't. I still don't. I've been saying it all season. I still don't see any consistent patterns of play on the front foot. You know, there's there were three or four things that we always used to consistently do uh, with the front three. I mean, we can all name them. The diagonal. I mean, I'm not going to go through them, but we've seen them many, many times. Bobby dropping deep, diagonal balls the the, the 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 lay it off and spin and go all of those things we used to see all the time I th- Can anyone name a single pattern of play that we see consistently this season on, on the front foot the only thing that we seem to get is we is is trent coming inside and he's looking for that ball to mo and unfortunately mo has lost our yard of pace uh, i don't know what our patterns of play are i, th- I think things are just chopping and changing too much and um, on one level that's been good because it's meant that we've had the legs to get to this point you know players have come in and when we were when we seem to be um getting winning games by the odd goal um and and we were getting um we were getting players putting in a performance when it was their moment but when that that just seems to have dried up now and there's nothing to underpin it But i want to be able to put my finger on something and say it's that and i don't really feel that i can but then i come back to the point to start right at the start is that, you know, the whole season I just feel a little bit discombobulated by it all because we are actually, when you look at the league table, way beyond what I expected of us. Mm. It's just confusing. It's, it's really confusing. Honestly, my head's all over the place with it. I, I don't fully understand why we're at, you know, why we're in the situation that we're in right now. I mean, we're still, what are we today? We're points point off the top. You know, 39 points, um, better, better goal difference than the team above us. We've only lost one game all season. I mean that's really, really, really good, and yet this just feels like there's this big
0: question mark hanging over everything. Yeah, there does. But it's draws that like the draws are so deceptive. You look at it and go, "We've only lost once. That's really good." And then yeah. you see like some dog shit team that's like only games. a few points behind you because they've not had draws, and you know. So yeah, it is. But um, going back to the start of the game, a lot was made of the atmosphere all week that's been the talk and that and you know i mean the atmosphere was great at the start but what what did you think about like the start of the game then i thought we were going to come out absolutely flying at them and we didn't like arsenal made the better start and i i said to john i was like there was a there was a little like a minute or so into the game and Allison had the ball at his feet and he was just standing there for ages waiting and then he passed it to Virgil, and then it goes back to Allison, and then it goes to Canati. And I said to John, I was like,
2: are we trying to fucking in the crowd? Yeah, what are we doing? I think you've been talking about, Paul's just been talking about things, you know, like you can't find any consistency on the front foot. One consistent thing about this season and the season before that is conceding first. Um, we're constantly finding ourselves chasing games, yeah. and kind of like we was all pissing ourselves a few weeks ago, when Everton had the pink kind of placards and they were waving it, and um, that jabroni whose name I can't even think of, Ganacho scored that overhead kick and just sucked the noise out of Goodison. Um, kind of the same thing happened briefly today, didn't it, with the the early goal for Arsenal. And yeah, I was expecting us to be kind of rock and roll, but it took us 15 minutes to kind of get a foothold back in the game, didn't it? We weren't like, exactly hanging on, and I wasn't worried we were going to go further behind, but that's what I happens was. when you i i i didn't think that arsenal were, were kind of going to stand on our throat i think what what annoyed me about about the goal for is it's a goalkeeping mistake for me um i don't know if it's got caught in the air we'll come back to that later when we discuss was, the equalizer the wind was know, swirling it, it was swirling but even so make your decision and stick to it don't yeah. come and then go back because exactly what happened happened you're in no man's land Header non-descript header that you you catch if you're on your line where you should be or come and clean him out and take the ball you know like yeah. so for me it's it's a goalkeeping mistake it's a frustrating one as well
0: I thought at the time um, it was Alisson should do better but I have not um, I've not seen it back but that my first thought was oh Alisson's like kind of he started to go and then he got caught like out I of position but um, yeah I haven't seen it back so I don't know but. That what they were doing on set pieces was like um they had some like little strange quirks that they were doing. Like on corners, they got like they three got big lads just post. yeah, they ran yeah. at the back and then they ran into the middle, which you know, yeah. presumably that's just to make it more difficult to pick them up. But on that free kick and on a couple of others, they just got like four players, stood well offside, and then just before like they took it, they all ran back onside and then started to run in. Now, as I say, I need to see it back. But they were all onside, and you do, I don't know what the, the long VAR check was for, because there was no way that the, there was an offside there, from what I seen. I mean, I, it was close. I see. I, I didn't even think it was close, but obviously it was. But like our players were complaining about something, and I don't think it was offside. So I don't know whether like they, you know, when they ran back onside, if the whole purpose of that was to, to get in the way and make blocks to stop our players from getting a run at the ball. And I think that might have been what they were complaining about. And then on the next free kick, they did the exact same thing, and then Virgil like um, went down. He got like he got pushed, and um, he got blocked off and pushed to the ground. So I think that was like a, a deliberate ploy from Arsenal. They've obviously been looking at how we defend set pieces, and they come up with like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try this, and it did cause us problems early on. And you know, they they got a goal from it, like so. Um well worked by them i suppose they've done the homework they've come up with something a bit different but uh, i'd like to see it again just to see if if any of our players were blocked off
2: have you seen it back yes and did you see anything untoward no nope, it, it was just a, a well worked thing a well, well worked set piece move yeah. i thought um and as i said and, and that's why i'm so confidently pointing my finger at, at my boy because it, it's i know it, i've watched it back and I'm I'd, all I see is a goalkeeper changes his mind yes. and therefore he's in no man's land and hit the target and in, in it goes and that's exactly what happened and we, we, we don't get away with things like that us as a real. people always punish our mistakes.
0: Paul what did you make at the start and what I said about it looked like we were trying to quiet the ground, what, what, did, what did you think about how we started?
1: Uh, yeah, I, w- I was a little bit worried, I must admit, Dave, especially after that first that first one went in. I mean, it eventually occurred to me that Arsenal really haven't got that much up front. Um and I also think we ended up we dealt with the, the two the two players on their flanks re- really well, I think, probably yeah, we as did. well as we've dealt yeah. with them in a while. So it's just that um, Saka had
0: that one run, didn't he? And if he'd have gone down there, Gomez was gonna get sent off. Because Joe's trying to get out of his way as he cuts across him, and there's this contact coming together, but Saka yeah. then tries to go around yeah. Allison. But if he'd have, if yeah. he just fell yeah. over there, Gomez is, is off. But yeah, that was the only time really that that either him or Martinelli threatened because we just did such a good job on them, didn't we?
1: Yeah. So yeah, as as I said, I I thought that's as well as I've seen us deal with those two, their two wide lads. But yeah, coming back to your main point about the the, the opening the opening bit of the game, Dave, I I was like. You know, like you, pretty pretty concerned. Um, but then it seemed to settle down. We seemed to get more of a foothold in the game. I thought Endo came into his own. Sort of 15-20 minutes in, he started to start started to put himself about a little bit. He started to he, he was always available for the ball when we were moving forward. But he was also putting his foot in um, when it's going the other way. I thought Curtis was working hard at that point. Dom was Dom was covering the ground to get us back into to get us back into the game but not doing an awful lot with the ball. Mm. Um what was what was worrying me really is where the goal was going to come from and then, you know, how how far was it into the uh, it was in the first half, wasn't it? How far how how far from half time was it when we scored? But half time.
0: Yeah, it was quite a bit before half time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think I think really, I mean in in some senses that, that came out of nothing. Although Trent had tried a few of those balls to Mo, different types, some of them where he was more central, some of them where he's more over to the right. And Mo was, they were definitely trying to get, they were trying a number of times, they were trying to pull Arsenal over to the left hand side of the pitch to leave Zinchenko isolated with Mo, but to create a bigger gap between Mo, because Mo was staying quite quite wide right, um, to, to leave Mo with maybe a good sort of eight to ten yards between him and Zinchenko, and then they wanted to switch it. They tried a few times they did that. Virgil, Pushed up to the halfway line and then he he was he went to play it across um to Canati, then turned and played it back over to the left, out to Curtis or to um Costas and just kept trying to pull Arsenal that way, looking for the quick switch into hit Mo. Um, but in the in, in any event it was Trent who eventually hit it and what a pass that was, by the Incredible way. Fucking pass. hell. He's he's unbelievable.
2: But then I... I tell you
1: what, Mo still had plenty to do, and yeah. I think I hadn't appreciated from the cop. How just how close to the touchline to the um to the touchline Mo was when he when he eventually picked up the ball. Yeah. And then to cut in and left Zinchenko for dust. And what a finish. Fucking hell. Do you know what I've watched that back on the replay as well? He doesn't even he doesn't even look at the goal. He's looking to see if there's anyone coming at the back post. And then he just whips his foot round and lashes it in. And he
0: doesn't have a look beforehand. No, it's a, it's a great goal, a great finish. Incredible it's pass by strike. Trent. Just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant pass. Sensational.
2: Were mm. you going to say something there, Dan? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, can I be the edgy one who says that I actually thought Trent overhit that pass and it stood up in the wind and became an absolutely sensational ball? The wind was um, blowing the other way, though. I, I thought the ball, could, at that time, there was a back pass to Raya and the ball got to his feet because the wind was blowing so badly. It was very strange passage of play that um, but I, I actually thought that the, the ball hung up in the wind um, I particularly... remember
0: that yeah the back pass that didn't it looked like it was rolling through a puddle yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it was around about that time as well. he had a clearance though and it blew back about 20 yards like the other way and there was also the one when there was a high ball and Canate like struggled to deal with it, and it, it looked like it looked bad from Canate, but it was the wind. So yeah, it must have just been swirling. It was it was going like both ways. But Trent's getting like really, he's closed down as he's playing that pass. It's not like he can just casually have a look and take his time and play a pass. He was getting like a challenge at the, at the the moment he played the pass, which makes it even better. It's a brilliant ball, and that's like that might be the first time that Moe's actually. Beat a man and scored in about two years because he's just not doing that these days. You know he's cutting inside and, and he normally just gets like his shot blocked because it's like so predictable what he's gonna do. uh But that was that was superb. That was like the old Mo. um But yeah, the, the forwards just it's not good and Mo's part of that. But the, the thing is, as bad as he's playing at times, like you know those times today when he was wretched. But he will always do something, you know, and that's the thing that he's doing. What the others, are, like, they're all deserving of criticism for how they're playing to some extent. But the thing is, like, with Mo, he might not be playing well, but he's still going to do something. Like, he's done that today. The other night when he came on as a sub, he was horrific in that game. But he still he gets a chance, he goes clean through, and he finishes it brilliantly. So he's still, like, he's still contributing, you know, earlier, like he's making assists or he's scoring. Even when he's not playing well, he's still a factor and he still does things. And you're looking at that today and it's like, well, yeah, Mo didn't play well, but Mo scored. Mo put a chance on a plate for Trent as well. So Mo's still doing what we need, even if it's not consistently. He's still producing it, but others aren't. And it's just, it is, it's, it's a worry. But that first half... I thought like they started way better than us. and I wasn't expecting us to come out the way we did. I thought like after that, Klopp being going on about the atmosphere and all that, and how we need you. I thought we'd fly at them. I did. And the expect atmosphere us. was boss by it the was, way. Yeah, it that was. was an excuse. Yeah, it was. It was. And that's I did not expect us to have like the the first few minutes where, Allison's standing on the ball for like ten seconds just like because Arsenal are closing them down and he's waiting for them to come in and then Virgil's doing it I'm like what are we doing here? What, like We need to be, like, using this atmosphere, which is exactly what we did after half-time. You know, like, the, the, the first 10 minutes of that second half was phenomenal. You know, like, just the, the, the press, the amount of times, like, we were winning the ball off them. But the problem was the quality just wasn't there. We played the wrong pass, you know, after we won it in those good situations. We kept squandering them. But, like, the first half, Arsenal were the better side. Um. Only because I just felt like they looked a bit slicker than us, a little bit more organized. I don't, didn't, you, and... didn't
1: you think they're more powerful as well, Dave? The yeah. power and the pace really told in that first half, I, I, I thought. I, that's
0: because I felt like they were just doing things a little bit quicker than us. You know that. That's what I'm saying about like slick. You know, they just looked like they looked confident in what they were doing, and we were a bit scrappy. You know, we weren't terrible. You know, it's like we weren't bad. I just feel like we didn't really have much in the final day, but. Um, yeah they they look better than us in the first half and I was I was happy to get in at 1-1 but then the second half, I feel like that was completely different. The way the second half started was how I thought the first half should have started. You know, with the high press, putting them under pressure, the crowds like on top of them, and and Arsenal looked rattled in that ten minutes. They never looked rattled at any point in the first half. They were like really composed, knew what they were doing, did not get like phased by anything we were doing. But the second half, we had them on the ropes. That and that game was there for the taking, and we just we couldn't take it.
1: Totally agree about the second half. I mean, I think that, I think, yeah, and I think we uh, we were the better team in the second half. No, no doubt. Um, I just think uh, I can't get away from this frustration about what's happening up front, though. Yeah. When he made the changes, it was the right time to make them. I felt, but it was it was the wrong time to go for it. I don't know why Curtis went off. As I said earlier. I thought he was. I thought he was instrumental in lots of the good that we were doing. Dom, cre- incredible that he stayed on. I think that... did Diaz actually did Diaz's injuries? Did that change what he was going to do? I think he's going to make two changes. Yeah, Harvey was. Then wasn't, he, he got go Harvey go stripped off as well, didn't he? Yeah. So I don't think That's Diaz right.
0: was going off initially. I don't think that was the plan because the the two Which subs were ready and Harvey, Harvey was I thought still he was sat horrendous. there. Yeah, same, same. Like when I said about I called the subs. When like, the three of them were coming on, that was the three that I picked, but when it was only two, I would have been certain that Diaz was one of the two. I thought it would be yeah. Diaz and Gakpo. Um, yeah. What
1: actually happened to Diaz when he got injured? I couldn't see
2: it properly. I think, I think it, was it was a tackle, yeah, I, I think yeah. it was kneecap on kneecap.
1: Yeah. So it's just like just a collision injury? It's just an impact injury? It's yeah, he, like... I think Klopp said yeah. he's
0: fine, didn't he? he said More or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, he, he needed to go off anyway but yeah, I felt like I said at half-time, you know, this is just set up for, for Harvey and Darwin to come on, Same. 60 minutes or so, Same. 65 minutes and then and win it for us, but I just didn't, it didn't happen, I wasn't really banking on Darwin coming on and being stuck out on the left wing, I thought he'd have been through the middle, but You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms. Whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean, just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Do you know as well, I, I thought it was crying out for that as well, second half because Arsenal, the times were pushing right up to the halfway line, and I just thought this is right for Darwin through the middle off the shoulder. I mean, yeah. that again is something I just don't we don't look for that enough. We signed this guy who's perfect for playing that role. And we just don't look for that that ball or even even that 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 movement from him. Um, I I just I want to see us just vary it a little bit more sometimes, just be a bit more direct. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, as soon as you see him go to the left, you just think, well, that, that isn't happening, is it? You know, Mo going through the middle with that loss of pace that he seems to have had. You know, he hasn't, he he hasn't completely lost all his pace, but he hasn't got that real intense burst that he used to have, where he can get in front and he can stay in front, yeah. he's getting closed down by defenders now, isn't he, when he's on the front foot like yeah. that, I and mean, when he gets in behind like that and I just think, um, yeah I, th- I thought that was something I wanted to see from Darwin, I, I don't know I just I, Darwin going out on the left he didn't really offer a lot, did he but I don't think he really had the opportunity
0: to No, he wasn't really giving the ball, he had a couple of decent runs where like, he's got down the line then he's cut back inside and he's laid it off to, to people and that, but I just didn't think he, he got much of a chance to get into the game because of where he was playing, really. it was. And we lost control of the game as well the last 15 minutes. Arsenal had most of the ball, and we were just trying to like, counter-attack on that. So that, that didn't help. That The game just sort of drifted away from us a bit. But um, I don't know, they're a good side, aren't they? You know, there's not much to choose between us and them, and can't really get too worked up by the fact we didn't beat them because... They're a good side. They came here. They, I wouldn't say like they were gung ho or anything, but they didn't come to just sit back and defend. You know, they played the football. They wanted to win the game. We wanted to win the game. Uh, two good teams playing out a draw. I've got much less of a problem with that than I have about not being able to beat United last week. And then you look at that yeah. today. So it it puts the result in in like an even worse light that West Ham we just battered. I've just beat United today, and it's like, you know, I said last week 3-0 was probably about par, that's what we should be, beating them by three goals, maybe even more realistically because they're shit, but the problem is we're just not good going forward. Now, you know, the amount of like shots we had last week, it makes it look like we played well, like 30-odd shots and that, and I was like, they just weird. And then today, I don't know how many shots we had today, but as Dan said before, there's times when you're like, oh, I just hit it. Like there was one in the first half and Gomez done this boss run and he cuts inside. I'm like, okay, Joe hit it. And he tried to play some like ridiculous pass to the back of the box. But I think like when that happened, I think Gomez himself, like he was thinking, oh, What are you doing? You know, you've got to have a goal. Because the second half, anytime he got in there, like he was so positive in what he was doing. I thought that
1: first that first one had gone in, you know. I
0: thought it had. Me and John were up celebrating. We thought that had gone in and it's just gone wide and, and it's like it's coming, you know it's coming, but and that would have been the perfect time for it. And what a goal it would have been to I get know, his first
1: goal for Liverpool.
0: Honestly, I I can't even tell you how impressed I was with him today. I thought he yeah. was brilliant. He's having a great season. Yeah, he has. He's been one of our best
2: players this season, no doubt. Go on, Dan. Sorry, just to come in about... Uh, I don't want this to become the, the Darwin Nunes podcast as it often does, but um, I was just wondering if you thought maybe there's a possibility that... Because he, he I thought he was a very good um, wide left against West Ham on, on Wednesday. Do you think we're trying to perhaps play his confidence up and, and by playing him wide left because he no, played well there? I or? don't
0: think so, I think. I think it just needs must, isn't it? Like Diaz is not getting the job done. We need a different solution there. Um, you could play Gakpo there, but you know maybe they've just decided, let's go with Gakpo through the middle again, which is his best position, apparently. I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards Gakpo on the left at the moment. I think I'd rather see that with, with Darwin through the middle. So for the next game, that's what I'd be doing. We need Jota back, though, don't we, really? Just for that, yeah, that what fifth I'm gonna option. Do-
1: what are we doing on the right when, uh, when Mo's off to the uh, to Afcon?
0: Probably be Jota. How we?
1: we gonna line up then?
0: Could be yeah. Could be Harvey. Could be. Uh, I wouldn't. I can't really say there's anyone more deserving than Harvey, even though it's not the position I really want him to play in. Uh, yeah, you could definitely do that, or you move Dom there and kind of let him off the leash a little bit and say, right, mm-hmm. you know, you just concentrate on your attack and play now. Yeah. Because he's doing so a defensive side the of the work, you know. Dom's defensive play great. You know the shift he's putting in. He's like closing people down. He's making tackles. He's doing all of that stuff really well. So I don't think his form's like it's not like his form's gone completely, but he's not doing the attacking side of it. But maybe like if you you push him in the front three, which is where he played for Leipzig, wasn't it? Right yeah, the side of right. the front three, maybe you just stick him there while Mo's away and just say, go yeah. on, just go and make something yeah. happen for us. Because I, I think I'd prefer to do that and have Harvey in midfield, or if no, it's agree. possible, the fullback situation. Then put Trent in Dom's position in, in the midfield. Do it that way, maybe. I don't know. Well,
2: we're getting short on so numbers. We'll. Do you know
0: what all this is telling me, though? You know, like these discussions that we're having about all that. There's just a lot of question marks, isn't there, about a lot of things at the moment. Lows? Not much is settled.
1: That's why I'm quite down and frustrated at the moment. Even though, like logically, all every factor that you look at. Should be telling us we should be elated, and yet I just I'm bewildered by it really, Dave. I want to understand why we're at where are we are where we are because the eye test and the, uh, uh, does not really match what the league table says.
0: Yeah, especially Matt, like the, the last it's, month, it's been bad, hasn't it? The performance really. Bad, I say bad yeah. today wasn't yeah. bad at all. It wasn't. It wasn't what we wanted it to be, but it wasn't bad. You know, there's a lot of good things. Yeah, um, rel-
1: yeah, you're right. It is relative. relative speaking bad, yeah. like okay, I'm not, yeah. I'm not
0: really including today in that. To be fair, I, yeah. I'm talking about prior to today. It's not. And been just good. after
1: Wednesday, you know, when there was quite a lot more fluidity, wasn't there? You know, yeah. we played with that intensity, and you thought, oh right, okay, we turned a corner, and then. Not today, but yeah, as you say, it today West it's not fair. Maybe, yeah, it's not fair to make that judgment against yeah. against Arsenal, who were top of the league. Today's fine.
0: It's just us. it's because of the context of what's gone yeah, before. We're that's we're looking it. at it like in a more negative lens than yeah. we than we should be. Because today absolutely. is was absolutely fine. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was fine. It's not like you say, oh, that's not acceptable, or you know, we just weren't good today. It it was fine. It wasn't wasn't great. Well, in some areas it was. As I say, defensively, I thought we were really good. I thought we did well in midfield in terms of like containing them and like battling and everything else. Those, all that side of it was good. Just needs needs a bit more quality and um, attacking situations. Just a bit wasteful. But overall, yeah. The, I mean, I got. I think Chris asked me the other night about if we were to have got if we were to get beat today, would that. Would I see that as like putting us out of like title race or we're not good enough and, and we're out. And I said no. And th- the reason for that is like we've got no idea how we're gonna play in the second half of the season. Like as as much as it's not looking great in attack now, in in like two, three, four weeks, that could completely change and we could be flying again in attack. That's true. That is- we just don't know, do we? That like there's I definitely think we will get better than what we are now. And if that's the case, we're, we are where we are, despite not really firing on all cylinders, and we're still right up there. Do you know right what I wonder? There.
1: I do wonder. Somebody, did somebody say this on Twitter? Well, that was James, wasn't it? James James Skelly said on Twitter before when you asked him about the questions about um, now Endo's getting into the team. Does this mean we can? Was it James yeah. who said yeah, this was, was yeah, on the chat? Yeah. And we said we can maybe get Maca further forward when he when he's fit again. And I definitely think there's something to that. You know, I've said a few times in the last couple of weeks that. Um, you know, I've referred back to Brownie's point when we signed Maka back in the summer, and talking about how he could unlock Darwin. And I just wonder if that might be what we need. You know, you've got, I've, I've round pegs and round holes again. I Have a proper number six, yeah, playing number six, and then I've, you know, a pr- proper number eight playing number eight, uh, and, and players with the capacity to to um, to unlock the front players, especially Darwin. You know, I mean, I think, and also, I think we've probably gone beyond the fact of the idea of Trump being able to play in midfield now, because as you said before, we're going to have to basically that back four is now our back four. Yeah. Um we, we, We're in. You know, I think we'll have to talk about that in a bit as well, because that that's a proper worry now. Um, yeah, we got those four, and we got Kwanzaa and that that's it. Apart from you know, kids well. who barely yeah. played at all. Yeah. Um, so I think, but that would have that would have been possibly been a solution when Mo goes away. Yeah, Dom to play right of the three, Trent uh, at the right eight, Mac at the left eight, Endo at uh, Endo at six. You You're not need your a certain surely. Um, oh damn! Yeah, I have to think that one through again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, I think the key to unlocking them is definitely what's happening in the midfield we need to be there needs to be something different in the midfield and probably from those eights i don't think we've seen from the eights really what we thought we were going to see consistently at the start of the season when we had you know dom scored those couple of goals things look quite fluid and we thought this is going to be a really 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 attacking team and it that doesn't seem to have been born out over the last no. few weeks couple of months um and i just wonder if it's if we've had to make so many changes and playing people in different positions or what have you um, maybe maybe it will come back, uh, but I certainly think that the first bit of James's question now, Endo's established himself. I think yeah. I, I think I'm prepared to say Endo has now established himself. So I, I feel very comfortable playing as that six there. Um, I think you're starting to see his experience coming through um, in terms of his decision making. Um, the, the surprise for me, although the data did suggest he had this in his locker when we signed him, is how how much he, he looks to, to move the ball forward quickly when he can. Yeah. Um but that but that was never the priority as far as I was concerned. I want somebody who can really do the keep the back door shut. Um and he 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 can definitely do that. He can definitely do that. He can put his foot in, he can cover the ground and he can use the ball well. I like the fact that he's always available for the ball, um doesn't shy away from receiving it um, and then wants to turn and get forward. So yeah, I'm more than happy with Ando now. I, I, that, that was a big test today. That's probably the big. Well, that is the biggest game he's played. I think um, certainly the best team he's played, um, and uh, he acquitted himself really well. So, if the first part of that equation works, then maybe the second can as well. But when is Maka fit again? Is he? He can't be far away, can he? Yes,
0: yeah, January close. Yeah, early January. I, I think they said. Um, I think it was. I don't think it was Klopp that said it. I think it was Pep before the the West Ham game, and he said, uh, "He's he'll be back in January." Uh, not ruling him out of the Newcastle game on the first, but like not necessarily saying he's definitely back. So early January, possibly the Newcastle game. Robbo's the one now, though, isn't he? You know what's yeah. happened to Costas? It's like okay, yeah. we well, we need Robbo. Klopp said about Robbo this week that like he's fit in terms of he you know physically fit. He's training and that like, but he can't he can't do any contact stuff. So he's kind of training on his own or doing, like, rondos and stuff like that. But he can't join in the games because he's not being cleared because the shoulder's not fully healed after the op. But he said, like, as soon as he gets the go-ahead with the shoulder, he should be able to just come straight back in because he's not having to build up fitness or anything. That's already there. He just can't really do any contact work at the moment. So hopefully... Uh, that's not going to be long I think they said initially like around January didn't he so maybe he's only a couple of weeks away and we, we can we can just get by with with Gomez for a couple of games until Robo's back because I'm assuming that costas is going to be out for a little while now.
1: Can we all agree we're absolutely fucking mental if we don't do something in the window now though? Well, I was going to get to that. To
0: me that's like we asked for questions, and like a few people are asking about that, so uh, we may as well do some of those now. You, you did. Uh, you you brought up the one that James asked us. Uh, that was a, that was a good one actually because I think Endo has proved now we can trust him. Um, he got another first-half booking though, didn't he? It's like every game yeah. he gets booked That's the first Trent's half. booking. It was Trent's booking. Enzo did the right thing with that foul, like pulling him back. He, it was one of those where it's like you can't let him run past you because we're in trouble. And, you know, savvy veteran move, he just pulled him back, took the foul because it was just before half-time as well. So, yeah, definitely the right thing to do. It's unfortunate that he's got the booking, but it was Trent's fault because Trent just gave it away, like, cheaply. Um, But, no, Enzo, you can trust him now. It's like, yeah, he's definitely up to speed now. He's doing a good job, and that should mean McAllister can do what we bought him for because, although McAllister's been fine, you know, I think he's had, like, a lot of good games and that, this was not what we bought him for. And although exactly. he's, he's such a good pro, he's, like, he's happy to just play wherever, this was not what he was told when we signed him. We did not say, "Yeah, you know, you come in and you can replace Fabinho sitting in front of the defense." That was not what we sold him on. We will have said, like, you know, you're playing like that attacking, creative role. We want you playing passes through to the strikers. So he'll finally get to do that. So that that's like that's a good thing. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and hopefully that that will help Darwin because you you know he can play those little passes for him to run onto. But uh, we'll go through some more questions, so let's have a look. Let's see what we've got. Uh, Okay, here's one on Darwin anyway. so Callum Grady says, Is Nunes just a wild dog? Both are basically uncontrollable and wild, and we need to give him positive and negative reinforcement so when he does something bad, not to chant his name and only chant it when he does something good, like how a dog gets (laughs) treats. At this point, I'm willing to try anything, so yeah, I'm okay with that. Stop chanting his name when he does, <laughs> doesn't do something good uh, and let's just see what happens. Thoughts? He's absolutely mystifying. I can't get
1: my head around him at all. I see so many things in him that I absolutely love. And yet he's just got played put his 12th appearance in without scoring. Um, a lot of it, as I said before, is I think it's a tactical thing. It's about how the team is set up. It's about square pegs and round holes. But equally, I just, I, some of the things he does, I mean, that, that pass, to Curtis on Wednesday night was absolutely fucking sensational, um, and then you'll see him just do absolutely brainless shit, and just do crazy things, make the wrong decision, poorly execute a pass or a shot. I I, I just honestly, I, he, he, I find him so 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 frustrating right now, um, and I'm conscious. That I'm trying, I want to start heaping me frustrations about the rest of attack onto onto Darwin's shoulders. But we have got a problem with him, There's no doubt about that at all. And I, I I suppose bringing us back to the previous question, I'm I'm really now all me all my eggs in the uh, Maca unlocking basket because I I think we need to do something different to what we've done so far to get him scoring because it feels like we've tried every combination apart from McAllister in behind him. Um, you know, playing those little balls through, and and nothing's working. It's it's not all his individual form. I'm convinced of that. Um, I, I think some of it's tactical, uh, but some of it is him. Uh, but I mean, to be fair to the lad, he changes position every every other week. He's he, sometimes he starts, sometimes he's on the bench. He's got different players trying to set him up. He doesn't know whether he's coming or going. So a little bit of consistency. You know, Mo if Mo's away in in uh, at Afcon, he'll, he'll probably start most games. If you can have Marcus starting behind him, I'd like to see that. You know, a run of maybe three or four games of that and see what that gets us. Mm. Um, because you know, we spent a lot of money on him, and you know he's got everything that you'd want a player like that to have. I don't. You know, he's got all the attributes, all of them, and yet it's just not coming together. And it needs to. And the other thing as well, I've said this many, many times. Klopp is maybe the best manager in the world at developing world class forwards. You just look at the list of world class forwards that he's developed. He picked them up and they were not in any sense um, regarded as being that elite level and he's turned them into elite players. And it just feels to me like this far in, um, all things being equal, we would have seen more from him. on um, So, you know, what I'm, I, I hope that, um, uh, you know, a run of games with, with, with macca there, maybe playing through the middle, because I think he is through the middle. That might be just what he needs.
0: Mm. Um, Dan, one for you. So, Kaz Bernie on Twitter said, will we be looking back at Trent's miss as the defining moment of the season?
2: Um, really, when when you look back at defining moments of the season, I, I think we're going to struggle to get beyond what happened to us at Tottenham, which yeah. was a fucking outrage. Uh, I think we've had a bad one today. I don't I don't recall, as mentioned, we've had a bad one today with the handball not being given. We've not analysed it, certainly. That was another outrageous decision that we didn't get today as well. Um I, I would hope not. I, I would hope that we would look back on Trent's goal against Fulham, for example, as being a, a defining moment. But if we miss out on the league by a couple of points, people will point to, to this result today and that miss today. Especially
0: um, if it's Arsenal who who finished top.
2: Exactly, especially if it, if it's Arsenal. Um if we if we're within two or three points and we will rightly um argue that we were robbed of, of points at Tottenham, which we were. We were absolutely screwed. Um, but we've we've shot ourselves in the foot today. We, we've got you've got to score that five on one overload. As I said, in in my head, when when the break was happening, I was thinking to a miss that uh, uh, in a similar situation many many years ago, and Mo's goal against Arsenal four or five years ago. And I I was playing both of those two in my head and. Uh, I I didn't know which way it was going to go, and unfortunately, it went to the uh, the way of the crossbar. Um, but yeah, there, there's no excuse for, for not not taking that. Um, obviously, I, I've, I've already made an excuse for Trent because I mentioned that the the the, um, the ball did take a bobble. i, I watched the the highlights it did, but you no, know, go and go in the net. When when there's there's three or four over, you you you've just got to just put it in. Even if you just roll it in, you don't have to absolutely smack the leather off the ball.
0: Uh, let's see what else have we got. Okay, King Kenny eighty six. This is for you, Paul, because you've been banging on about like wanting the left sided centre back and a number six for, for months. So we all kind of know that there's a few questions about what do we need. But uh, King Kenny eighty six says, uh, "With January windows around the corner, what players, not positions, what names do we want? Name two. So pick two players, Paul." Well, I like
1: that Inacio. I like him. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he'd be perfect for us. I think he could offer us all sorts. I suppose maybe the only argument for not signing Anasio is that you've got Virgil there, and to sign a player of that stature who would be basically in Virgil's position means you either sign him to not play or you sign him to play left back. And then you've got Robbo coming. But I, I just. I don't know. One of those where I don't think you can have too many good players at the moment. Sign him and then worry about the rest later. Uh, and then a number six. I, I just, I would go for that Andre. I would. Yeah. I, I don't know why we moved away from that. Um, and I do think the need is less pressing now. I, do, you know, I think I stand by everything I said about Endo before. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I think I just like the mobility that Andre has, and I like his aggression. You know, it does remind me a little bit of Mascarano, but it seems like that ship has sailed. But then the other one as well, I think if we're talking about what we need is I, I, firepower wise, I, you know bizarrely, when we've got five forwards and we've you know well I certainly I've said a couple of times this season that I think that might be the difference maker for our campaign is that you know, the fact that we've got all these forwards and we rotating them, we can get goals, I feel like we are light on the right hand side. And I, I don't think it's like well, it's not going to happen. But I wonder if a very old bid for Jared Bowen might be um, might might be a might be a move that would help us. Um, it's it's not going to happen, clearly. But I, I think he's increasing. I've I've I've, I've take me a while to get on the Jared Bowen bandwagon, um, but I've watched him a couple of times recently. Obviously on Wednesday night in a game where they didn't have much of the ball and he took a goal out of nothing on his wrong foot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just think, he's very direct. He's very skillful. He he knows where the goal is. I think he could he could do what Sadio did which is to step from a, a lesser Premier League team into an elite team and really just move up several gears. Um, yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I'm not convinced any of those deals are going to happen. Um, and I think if we sign anyone at all, it might be a defender and it'll be somebody maybe, you know, a 19, 20-year-old low-key who's happy to sit behind Virgil for a bit and we can use him if we're in, absolutely in a pinch. Is that not what Quanta though? the bare bones. Well, I think I think with with Matter being injured, you need another one. I, but I I specifically want somebody with a left foot, who is left footed. Kwanzaa, I'm more than happy with Kwanzaa, I Really like him. I think I think Kwanzaa, in my mind is already Matter's replacement. Yeah. But I think we need somebody left footed, um. You know, and I think uh, I think they'll probably go for as I said a kid. But if it was me, I'd go for a, a proper player like Anasio. Um, the money's there, and that will—that is what will really, really do my head in—is that we know for a fact there's serious money available because they were prepared to spend it in the summer, um, and I don't think they will even try. And I'm a little bit sick of this whole. The line Klopp was already starting to throw out the other day is we can't just make these players move. You can, you can just turn around and say to the club well, how much do you want. You can get into, you, you can go hard like we tried to do. For Caicedo in the summer, you can go hard, you can up, up your price and try and get the play that you want. But I think what they don't want to do is is uh, they don't want to overpay sometimes. And so they yeah. dress it up as we can't persuade these people to move. Well, you can't persuade them to move, you just got to pay a little bit more. Um, what I don't want, this is absolutely crucial, is that we don't end up in a situation third time round, like we had with the centre-halves, um, when we had uh, Williams and um, Nat Phillips playing there. Uh, after after Henderson and Fab, um, Fabinho had had to go and uh, play centre half, and then like we had with midfielders, you know we've had twice we've had these injury crises where you're down to the bare bones, um, and then we're not really doing the deals that we need to do. You know we don't want to be signing some fucking Ben Davis bum or an, uh, that Arthur Mello or something like yeah. that. We need to go and get get some proper business done because you know we are in a title race. Nearly half the season gone. What what what? How many games was that today? Was that eighteen? Yeah. yeah not one just the tight race though off. paul
0: we're in the tight race but we're also like I'm still in with chance trophies for competitions yeah. it's not like we're yeah. out the cups and we're going to have yeah. less games well we yeah. might be one out more the FA Cup. It depends on absolutely one know, more game and
1: that. it's half a season you know what i mean yeah. i think we've got to really we've got to, we've got to go for it you know what i mean this is a very very competitive league i just don't think you can sit back and rest on your laurels and say "Oh, we've got some kids coming through with them even though you know that has worked for us in the past but this is this is a different situation
2: and big red nats coming back in January as well, isn't he? From Celtic.
0: Yeah, the Celtic fans will drive him Is back, he? and back here themselves just to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not
2: gone too well for he him.
0: He has up been there. horrendous at Celtic. I don't know. I don't know everyone why falls, he's, he's been. Terrible, everyone falls like, off
1: a cliff when they leave. Jürgen, Yeah, don't
0: they? they do. So many players. Like it. It's definitely like Klopp's just got that like magic touch with these players, and then once they go away from him, they're just not the same. Like. But, you know, Nat Phillips was really good for us. We know he was never like the long-term answer, but when he played, he was really good. And he's one of them players who you look at and think, why are clubs not in for him? And then he's gone on loan to Celtic. That's why clubs are not in for him. It's just inexplicably bad. It's just weird. But uh, I don't think we'll sign anyone in January. I just, I I can't see it happening. But somebody else had, had said something similar there. Um, and they mentioned an attacker as well and I think that's a few people are starting to say that, like do we actually need a forward now, you can argue whether we need a forward or not, but there is not a chance that we're going to buy a forward we've got five, there's no way we, we'll ride or die with what we've got for this season there's no yeah. way they'll buy another forward but your Jared mm-hmm. Bowen shout, I mean, I just think he'd cost too much money, Klopp obviously loves him he's said that himself uh, he'd be like yeah, he'd be. He can play a few positions up front as well. He'd be like a good player, no doubt about it. But I think that's a non-starter. But well, like John was the saying today, they well, yeah, have they, should, the they have, but it depends how much they, they want. I mean, he was, he's twenty-seven now, isn't he? So oh, much. is he? Is yeah, he twenty-seven? He, he was twenty-seven ah, the day of the game, right? The day well, of the I game of the night. That. Yeah. So I don't I think we. Yeah, that. I don't think we'd spend big money on on someone that age. But John was saying today. Like you know, he's looking at Arsenal, and he went, you know, the only thing really lacking with them is like you know the centre forward, and he said, you know, if they spend big on to get like Ivan Tony or something in January, that could be the push that they need, and that's a good point. But like, and I think they probably will do something. I think Arsenal will will. I don't know what what their FFP situation is. They couldn't sign the goalkeeper in the summer. They they had to do that loan deal, didn't they? So uh, with an agreement mm-hmm. to buy him next summer because they would they'd gone over the. Like FF, well, they would have gone over FFP if they decided him, So I don't know if they've got the money for January, but if they go and sign someone like Ivan Tony, that gives them that boost. And you know, we could get like left behind a little bit if we don't do something. But I just don't think we will. It's not really our style. No, I agree. We're not going to. Um, another question: <laughs> Don Kafaki on on Twitter said. Uh, was Ryan Gravenberg in the chippy with you before the game? <laughs> well, the answer to that's no, because the fucking chippy was closed. Shut. He probably got locked
1: in the fucking chippy.
0: But he, <laughs> he, he he looked like he'd be he'd be the Toby Carvery with Fabinho, didn't he? I wish, I wish uh, he fucking had been locked in the chippy to be
2: honest. <laughs> the way he played, yeah, not good, not good. Was he the one of the Wetherspoons burgers with you, Paul? You were oh. Jules before I got the.
1: Yeah, I was gutted about that. I really wanted my chips and gravy, and we ended up getting a fucking Wendy's burger. <laughs> Shit. Just red going through these questions
0: <laughs> and offer them a brownie, going on about how great Endo is. Uh, <laughs> so we've got another brownie here, Mark Brown. Why is the link-up play between Salah and Sabers like like they've never played together before? That's a good point.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were basically making that point about the whole of the attack before, weren't we? I mean, I, yeah. I, it comes back to that point I was making. I, I'm not sure. I, th- I think that tactically, we just seem to be chopping and changing what we're asking of individual players all the time. There's so much change all the time with the attack and play. I think the defensive side of things is looking pretty good. And I don't just mean the back four. I mean, without the ball, as a team, everyone seems to understand their role really well and is carrying it out. It's, it's when we flip it the other way. It just all becomes a little bit of insipid. and At one point, I was thinking earlier in the campaign, there was lots of fluidity. And I thought, oh, this is a really good sign. But that fluidity now seems to be more confusion than fluidity. It's like, you know, Dom will suddenly track across the other side of the pitch. Curtis will come the other way. Mo Mo will drop. Uh, Gakpo comes over. And suddenly, everyone's in a different position. There's no one who will pick up the ball, sort of just outside the D, and then there's no one in the middle. You know what I mean? It just—it's—it's it's all over the place. Can you two see any patterns at all in our our attacking play? I can't.
0: No, I could earlier in the season. There was there was a couple of things, and and the, the questions are really good one because there was a good little link up there with you know on that right hand side with Trent and Dom and Mo. There was a few like games where like it looked really good. The one that always jumps out to me was Forrest at home. Like that right hand side killed Forrest that day. We were so yeah. good and it's not happened since and it it just all looks very disjointed and scrappy um, you know and I, I don't know why that is i'm hoping it's something that will just get figured out in the second half of the season and maybe we've been doing a lot of work on like off the ball stuff and stop and counter attacks and like you know the shape and all that because we are really good at that side of it now we've been we've been really impressive with that so hopefully that was like stage 1 Get that side of it right, and then stage two is okay. Now let's sort out like the attack and play. Uh, but that might just be wishful thinking. Okay, Dan, is one for you. Uh, what three this is from Matt on Twitter. What three things would you do in the second half of the season to win the league? Whether that's like new players or change of formation, that sort of thing. Oh, um, so three good
2: things. question
0: that. That's a good question.
2: It is number one, um, sign another centre half. Whatever plans we've got for the summit, moving them forward. Might not be possible, but that's what what I I would do. Um, I think one thing that I can't do, but I will do, can we ban the African Cup of Nations? Um, The Asian Cup as well. We'll lose an Endow for that.
1: Yeah, Endow. Oh, no,
2: Wednesday. Same time, I think.
1: Same time. Same time as Afghan.
2: Oh, no. This is. Unprecedented disaster. Okay, ban international football till March with no kind of. What rest do you mean till March? Just forever. Just, Just get rid of it.
1: Of it.
2: <laughs> well, look, no, I, 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 like I like my international tournaments, but not one. You can get that in rugby, from. Dan.
1: You can get that in your rugby league. You don't need it in footy, too. Don't be greedy.
2: International rugby league's a joke, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, so, th- yeah, th- 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 that's my edict. Ban international football of any source until it's a tournament uh, of real standards not um the the fizzy pop cup things that um, we're losing players to (laughs) and uh, probably can we kind of focus on finding out what's what's wrong in in midfield and finding something sticking to it are we sticking trent in there for the rest of the season are we going down that route long term we can those are the kind of things we need to get to the bottom of really um and, yeah, we, we just need to kind of rediscover um, what what it is we want from midfield, I think, because it's changed recently. Um, I think Trent's good when he goes in there, but it seems to me like that isn't the first choice plan. That's the, oh, shit, this isn't going very well. Let's make a change and get Trent in there kind of plan, if you understand my I meaning. It doesn't seem to be plan A. It seems to be plan B.
0: All right, I've got three quick ones. Uh, I would say Joe Gomez right back permanently Trent yeah. in midfield. Yeah, so that's one thing I would do now. Where, certain games midfield, where which position, Dave? Uh, at the moment, on am the right of the three, but I wouldn't yeah. be totally averse to playing like two in there. You know, like two sixes. Yeah. Trent is one yeah. of them. Um, so that's one thing. Two, I would have Darwin playing through the middle. Every game and let him just play his way through this until the goals start coming. And three, yeah. the lucky star needs to stay open before home goes. <laughs> they need to knock, knock, this, knock this shit off. So that's the three things to win the league. Uh, they're, they're, they're my three anyway. So anything to add to that, Paul?
1: No, uh, uh, both of you touched on things I would have said. I mean, the definitely lucky the lucky star, off. especially. <laughs> uh, th- yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely the centre half I agree with the trend thing um, and the chippy has to be the number one to be fair I missed those fucking chips today I was so looking forward to them I've not had any in a while I've been really good and I was thinking is right I'm having chippy chips and gravy today denied
0: okay I think I reckon we'll all say yes to this one uh, Will Joe Go- it's from Alan O'Brien uh, will Joe Gomez break his duck this season
1: yes based on today definitely
0: yeah and when it comes, it's not going to be like the third goal in a five nil win at like no, it's going to us. It's going to and it's not going to be, be a big one. It's going to be a decisive. And it's not going to be
1: scruffy either. It's going to be some scruffy finish. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, a League Cup the win, final, the winner winner, maybe something like that. The
2: the winner at Anfield against Tottenham.
0: Okay, bit specific, That'd Dan, nice. but yeah,
2: that's fine. Well, nice. we we all want to get our hands on Spurs, don't we? Have to wear out.
0: Yeah. 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 No doubt. Still got beef there. Um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That's from Chris yes. L20. Yes, of course it is. Yes, yeah. from me. It pisses me off when people say it's not, you know? It's fucking ridiculous it's to say it's, it's, it's not. It's bizarre. There's Christmas uh, in loads of scenes in it. Mm-hmm. I know, definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, There's a fucking what Christmas, Christmas party
2: in the, in the thing. It's like saying Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Of course Gremlins is a Christmas movie.
0: Okay, I suppose I need to take this one. Uh Paul Precious says, "As Chris Cavenet now moved away from my boy territory, because I did call him my boy, didn't I? After he had like a, yeah, a few games, I actually didn't think he was bad today. If I'm being honest, I thought there's a couple of things he's got wrong overall. I thought he let the game flow. He wasn't blowing up for little fouls all the time." He got a little bit card-happy, which kind of put him under a bit of pressure then, because once you start doing that, every foul, everyone's like wanting a foul for it, wanting a yellow card. He should have sent off. The only reason I wasn't that pissed off about it was because it was really late in the game, but I thought he should have sent him off. Erm... Um... What the penalty for me. The penalty, yeah, but Sorry. to me again, that's mostly VAR. They've got to, they've got to get involved there. He might linesman. Like, yeah, to well, me. I, I don't know. I'd have to say it again. I don't know where he was when that happened. He might have been blindsided. He might not have seen that it was on. But I don't know. But VAR doesn't have that excuse. They've seen it. They've got to say to him, "You need to take a look at that." So that's on VAR rather than the ref on the pitch. I tell you um, what I would say about him,
1: Dave. I think, I think, did you just make this point? He definitely like what he likes to flow, and I like that about him. Yeah,
0: he wasn't blowing yeah, up all the time. I, he tries, I thought, he tries to
1: avoid lots of stop-starting.
0: Not perfect, but you know, you're never going to get perfection. And overall, I thought not too bad. wasn't his best game, but I'm still taking him over most of the other dickheads who, who you can get. <laughs> uh, so no, yeah, I is maybe he's not my boy, but he's still probably. If I had to pick a referee to be in charge of our next game, I'm still taking him. Who are you taking over him? Who's, who's who would you say is better than him? Michael Oliver. When he's not been a bit trip to the new Michael Oliver is to... fucking shit. He's been like smelling his own farts for a while now, and he's not a good referee anymore. Plus, he's got the whole like Man City thing hanging over him, taking payments from from to go and do like foreign gigs, and then he's given City like inexplicable decisions. So no, Michael Oliver is not a better referee than Chris Coventry. No, not having it. Do you know what, i tell you what was funny though today, like, there's a fan behind me, it was like, he was on, he was on Kavanagh's back all day, he was like shouting abuse at him, and at one point he shouted, you fucking baldy bastard, and then he went, oh he's not bald, but like, most of them are, <laughs> <laughs> he went, so, he went, most of them, most of them mank referees are bald, so I'm just lumping them in with them, the baldy bastards, <laughs>
2: <laughs> careful Dave this is beginning to sound like an advert for metal skips oh no no. let's not go no, stop giving them
0: free advertising Dan <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think don't think there's any more questions just going through there's a lot of stuff about Endo um, Brownie said is Endo the best player in the world uh, we need to get your Al on the pod to answer that one Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Simon uh, remember Simon Green off the forum Simon LFC I'll forget forget yeah, Simon. Yeah. Simon says is Endo becoming one of our most important players. I would actually say yes to, to that. I not, think
1: it's early to say that. Not, not
0: because it, he's brilliant or anything like that, but it's an important position in the team and he's the, he's only, the only natural player we've got for that. Yeah. So I, I do think he's really important. We like we needed him to be good. I, and do You know he's, we've forgotten? he's playing Where, well. When's Bajetich fit? They're not even really mentioning him at the moment, so. He's gone know. totally under the radar, yeah, hasn't he?
2: Yeah. Same same day as Thiago makes his triumphant return like the Undertaker at WrestleMania.
0: Oh. Yeah, someone said ages ago we probably won't see Thiago again, and I'm leaning towards that now. Yeah, I think it's that. It's starting way. to. I think that. Yeah, it's starting to look that, way, that. that way, Yeah, but is like. All Klopp said about him was basically like that. And he also said Cade uh, Gordon comes into this category as well. He said, like, sometimes you get these kids who are, like, they're so good. It's like, okay, they're good enough to play, and you play them, but the bodies are just not up to it, you know, because they're, yeah. they're still growing, he said, and like, and it catches up with them. And that's, that's his problem was, like, he got an injury because of that, and then he's come back and he's got another injury because his body's just not ready for, for like, the demands of it yet. So... Yeah, we've missed him because he looks so good last season. But mm. there just doesn't seem to be like any words of him being close or anything. Like he just never really When when Klopp's talking now about like when, when he gets asked about injury updates and that, he doesn't even really mention him, him and Thiago anymore. I think he only talks about players who are like close
2: to coming back and so he mustn't be. Uh is definitely locked in the lucky star. God by
1: should be somebody who'd be great to have available, isn't he?
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: yeah. Especially with Ando off to the Asian Cup? Yeah, even if it's just the Cup games, it means you don't have to play somebody else. You know it means? You can, you can bring him yeah. in and you give him people a rest. But yeah. uh, So one more question, which we kind of touched on this, but uh, Nick Hayes says, is the front three a bigger issue for January than midfield or defence?
1: No, the defence is the biggest issue. We're down to the bare bones. You can't. There's there's no way we could ignore the defense in my view. I think we probably will, because that's what we do. But uh, no, it's it's not. I mean, it is a concern. But you know, just on sheer numbers alone now. So we've got we're down to Joe Gomez at left back, Virgil, um, Canarte, who as we know is not uh, not reliable in terms of fitness, and Trent. And then behind that we have got Quanta and that's it. And then children, actual children. Uh, t- uh, so I just know the defence is definitely the number one issue. But that's not to say that the attack isn't a worry, it is.
0: What I would say to that is, I would say the attack is a bigger issue than the defence, but not for the January window because nothing. we're not going to do anything with forwards, we're just not. But if you ask me now, what's what's our biggest problem? It's the forwards. The forwards is it like, yeah, a, attack and play, and, and not, not specifically just the forwards, our play in the final third is our biggest problem right now. And I don't think we're going to address that in January. We're, we'll address that on the training ground and trying to get players back into form. And you know, and that's the
1: right way to do it. We yeah, spent yeah, the sort of money is. we have, and we brought in so many new players. we have got the, the bodies issue in defence is
0: worrying. None of them are going anywhere, so they're not going to do anything. So you've just got to work with what you've got and get them fired again. Find a way to to do that. So that's what they, they're doing. But I do think. It's a bigger issue than like the midfield or defence, but not not for the transfer market.
1: Yeah, you know, just on that point there about developments in on on the training ground. Why do we think it is so kind of? I don't know. It's it's it, we are, the, we've not had any of these players really explode in the way you sometimes get with players under Klopp. Is it because we brought them in all all together? Do you think? Do you think that's kind of diluted? What he's able to do with them all. So as a team, we've been able to get over the line in games. But what we've not seen is these really sort of peaking individual performances because they're not—they're coming into a setup where everyone's new. You know, if you think the way, the way the previous great team was built, it was it was almost almost piece by piece, wasn't it? Yeah. So a new player comes in and he's coming into a team where everyone else knows the jobs. He can find his feet and then really go for it. Because otherwise, if it's not that, then that, that leaves me worried. I suppose it must be that, really. It's, it's the fact that there's been so much change. And it comes back to this point about how we're actually punching above what any of us expected to. But at some point in my mind, I'm thinking that what happens on the training ground will kick in. Although on that point, again, did you hear Klopp say in his press conference that they'd only played... They'd only had something like, what was it, a 100, 100 minutes or 130 minutes on the training ground over the last two weeks or something?
0: Yeah, doing all like recovery work and then yeah. all of that stuff and like just light stuff on set pieces and not proper training sessions. So, yeah. That's so that'll got, be part of it, won't it? Yeah, it's got to be a factor. When you're playing midweek games, you can't really train much. My only pushback on that is so many times we've said stuff like that and then we've had a full week's training and been shit. At, at the yeah. weekend i'm like are we actually better when we're not playing in midweek i don't think yeah. we are i don't actually think yeah. we are better we should be because exactly. a week's training you think you know you just geared towards that game it should be an advantage to us but more often than not it's not and you know i think we we do we probably do better when we have had a midweek game what's he doing with them in the break
1: has he taking them away are they going for some warm weather training somewhere i
0: have not given time off usually happened? do they usually go like go away for a week don't they so yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine they will do. Yeah. Uh, have we got anything else to cover from this? We suppose we should talk a little bit about the Burnley game on on Boxing Day. Uh, that's only what three days away. What day are we? I've yeah. got no idea what's going on. Tuesday. Mum. So it's we, Christmas. You're supposed to know man. what day it is. Have we got a game next Saturday then?
2: It's Newcastle. It's, it's, New, it's Newcastle. On, it's further New yeah. than Newcastle. Year's
0: Day, though, isn't it? So that's not next After Saturday. So Monday. Monday. So how come there's no game Saturday? Pass. Is that? Uh, is the games on Saturday, and we we've just been moved to like to the the Monday night slot? Is that all that is? Like. Yeah, we're just we're just the last game of the weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the football's like Spread, football. spread yeah. out. Yeah. Okay, so, so well, there you go. Then we're gonna have like we'll see how we play against Newcastle because we're gonna have like a full week to prepare for that, won't we? No game yeah, in between. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So Burnley away, they won away Fulham today. Uh, as bad as like they've been, looks like we're just getting them just as they're coming into a
2: little bit of form.
0: <laughs> um, did they win? Like, no, I know they got beat by Everton last week. Did they win the
2: week before, or they got a draw or something? I think, yeah. the, the form is markedly improved recently. Yeah, yeah, but fucking hell, boys if we're not beating them,
0: regardless, there's something seriously wrong, isn't there? I think we'll beat them easily, purely because although we've been shit against like the worst teams. There's a big difference between the way Burnley play and the way Luton and Sheffield United are likely to play. And I don't I think, think wide
1: open we'll score Burn, yeah, Burnley
0: 20%. like play like companies like not not prepared to compromise on how he plays at all. It's like they they're doing the same things that got them promoted, except the players are not really good enough for them to be doing that in the Premier League, and that's why it's been a struggle. But they're still gonna just keep doing that. So there's no excuse for not winning that game like comfortably because it it's it's like a perfect game for us really. The way they play, their style of play, what they're likely to do, we should take them apart. But I'm not prepared to say we will do because I just I don't trust our attack on play at the moment. It's it, you could see it being one of them games where we have like so many not necessarily chances but opportunities to, to create something and it you know, it's one of them frustrating days where like it's the final pass isn't there and, and we're not clinical so i could see it being a struggle based on that but really it should be like a, a convincing
2: win should what are your thoughts dan um i, I don't know this one's been on my radar because i'm i've got horrible feelings of Jürgen's comments from the stand up and being taken completely out of context yeah and it being rubbed in our faces um Maybe I've just been a bit too doom and gloom there because we're not in the best of four. We should win. We should have enough about us to win. The turnaround time for the game is not the greatest, but you know, it's. we've had shorter turnaround times at Christmas. Um, so really, we we'll, we need to go there and win if we've got hopes of doing absolutely anything. We need to get back um, on, on track as soon as we can because obviously you know, we've had a, a couple of disappointing... Results in the Premier League recently, so it's time to kind of get ourselves back where we where we want to be, which is you know, keeping pace with Arsenal. Um, Villa, who are in the title race as well, um, they're away to United on I think it's Sunday, so that'll be a th- easy three points to them. Uh, I just never never trust Aston Villa um yeah they remembered they remembered who they are didn't they like they had a the
0: chance to go top of the league and yeah. like, hang on a minute i'll we'll ask them villa and like shit the bed against sheffield yeah. united
2: let's throw one in against sheffield united yeah, yeah. Villa's um, not no,
0: the real deal you'll it, never it, convince me they are it,
2: it it will be a hard game but as as you've both kind of alluded to the um city uh, city um uh, city company has learned to play football a certain way he wants to play that way with Burnley, and he, he will set up that way, and even if they get a, a smack, which I don't think they will, and I don't think we're playing well enough to. And I'm not bothered about a par score, or scoring four, or whatever. I'll take 1-0. I'll take a, an 87th minute Ragnar-Clavin winner, if needs be, um, like we did many, many years ago, or at least it feels like. Too much
0: stress. It's easy to say that, but it's too stressful. I want a just nice... Comfortable, easy win where we don't have to be like worrying about it. That's so all fucking them. What are you talking about? Let's go there and fill our fucking boots. You no, can't be talking about what the eighty seventh minute, a million minute winning against Burnley. No, you've got to, you've got to like get your, uh, get your strikers firing again. You no, know, yeah. I, I want goals for Darwin. It, it needs to happen. Oh, it's, it's, it's that number on, one
1: priority. It's gone on too one long.
0: Get him, get him scoring again because we need it. He's yeah. obviously going to start that game because he didn't start today. Uh, what are we thinking about team? Because we've not really got too many, too many options to to change it around. Have we? You know, the back four is kind of gonna pick itself.
1: Thinking might well you bring Quanser in for
0: Kanati just to give Kanati a rest. Possibly, uh, but I don't think the turnaround's too bad. It's Saturday, Tuesday's just like a. A, a European week, isn't it?
1: I ju- but just I just don't think Kanate's body is very um Yeah, I'm just reliable, to, is
0: it? you know, Dan saying about like the short turnaround. It's not that short a turnaround, it's it's just like a European week. But yeah, uh Canarte may well be like rested and then bring him on after an hour or something like we did uh two weeks ago. That game when Kwanzaa started in the league, didn't he? And then I can't yeah. remember it was my memory's so bad. The game before United it was, wasn't it? Was Fulham? Yeah, yeah no it was idea. Fulham. I think it was Fulham, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Quanta did come in. Uh, midfield.
1: Ando. Uh, Curtis. Curtis. I suppose, Dom. Yeah, maybe Harvey. Yeah, no, actually Harvey, yeah, I would. Harvey I think- deserves it and Dom doesn't. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I'd do that as well. And then front three, Mo, Darwin. I play Gaph on the left.
1: Yeah, same.
0: It's more yeah. likely that they'll play Darwin on the left, but it's not what I'd do. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think like we need to address because I spoke about it the other night. Uh, but I know you were really pissed off about it, Paul, and you've not really had a chance to have your say. So um, Klopp's comments after the game the other night.
1: Still seeing me ask them a bit. To be honest, mate, I'm not having it. Like he's done me, I did really done me, I did I I could. I wasn't that that happy when he when he first had the pop about about you know the fans walking out years ago at the start of his um, yeah when he, when, he, when he not long after he'd come in uh, but he was actually right he was right and it was delivered in a different tone then but this was just to me this felt like it was engineered he planned beforehand what he was going to say and it just didn't chime with reality. You know, the, the atmosphere against United was sound at the start, it fizzled out because the team was shit, and the, the, atmos- the atmosphere on Wednesday was was also good, and yeah, obviously it was bouncing today, and it annoyed me even more when he came out after the game today and said, now that was more like, look, look what we can achieve when we work together, and I thought, yeah, well we fucking turned up last week and you didn't, Yeah. so don't be fucking telling us about what we can achieve together, we know. Don't tell us to don't tell us how to support the team. We were doing it before you ever you even thought of coming to Liverpool. Um, you know, and also I think it's important to state that, you know, the, the atmosphere at Anfield it is is the best in world football. We know that, but it has always been what it is is that we get up for big games and we yeah, get up for big moments. Exactly. That's that's never been any different. So if you're in a title race, if you're coming down the tail end of the season, you're in the final stretch of a season, every game it's absolutely bouncing. If you're going for the European Cup, you know, you're in the quarterfinals, everyone's there to see the coaching. But if fucking, I don't know, Luton rock up at 12.30 on a Saturday, what a surprise that no one's asked.
0: Because this should need us. On. That's exactly. the whole point, is You shouldn't exactly. need us for that. You should be able exactly. to just take care of this on your own. But we'll be but
1: there My when biggest my problem with it always is fucking tone. Like, yeah. You know, the whole thing about give, do me a favour, give your ticket somewhere else. How fucking days, day that? Yeah. Who's, who's he to be, who, you know, I, I think about somebody like Jules, who's been, Jules, has, uh, Jules has, he hasn't got a season ticket, even though he's barely missed a home game in, what, 15, 20 years, is it now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he can't get a season ticket. He puts in miles and miles and miles every single week. You know, builds us, and he's no different to many other fans as well, by the way. But you know, just because Jules is mate, and I know what he goes through, using him as an example, and Klopp's saying like, if you don't support him the way I want you to, give your ticket away, fuck off. Yeah, fucking cheeky bastard.
0: You can't give your ticket away. That's the other thing. You know, you can't do it. Not that you should have to anyway, just because he says so. But it's I, it's not even. Do you know? I've got, got no. I've
1: had no problem at all with him saying we really need the team for Saturday.
0: We, we sorry, we really need the fans for 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 Saturday against Arsenal. I
1: know. But there's a way of there's a way of saying it, even if he does. And, say and it. also.
0: You could have said, like you know, the atmosphere was good against United. We need it to be even better next week. You know, really need just yeah. to show up.
1: And we'll do our best as well to match it and to give you something to sing and shout because about. Because
0: we we would anyway. The fans were yeah. always going to like show up today, and, and it's a massive game. We all know that. We don't need telling and, that, and that's the thing that's annoying. And like last week, the atmosphere was fine against United. It was it was good. It wasn't the best. It wasn't like incredible. The reason for that is because they're shit. You know, exactly. th- today is different. We're up against it. It's like, well, you shouldn't need us to be like in in fucking Barcelona three nil down mode. You shouldn't need that to beat that Man United team. You should just need like a decent atmosphere. And if they if we'd have scored, you know, if the if the goal goes in, then the place is going to be bouncing even more. But the, the team did not give anything back. The fans were like doing the bit, and eventually they just got worn down by the performance, and then. He gets pissed off because, of, like, well, initially I thought it was some knobhead shouting something in the main stand that pissed him off. It wasn't that. He said, we had a chance. And then he turned around and looked at the crowd. And instead of everyone being, like, up cheering, like, for the next one, people sat down a bit deflated. I'm like, well, we had 34 shots against Man United and we didn't score. The West Ham game, we started that game and I think we had like another 10 shots before we got one. So people just got a little bit like, oh, fucking hell, we've missed another chance. It's not a crime, do you know what I mean? It's not the worst thing in the world. If you've got people shouting shit, I totally understand why you'd get pissed off and frustrated. Equally, though, you can't judge like the whole stadium by like just the ones that you can hear because they sit behind a bench. You know, that's the thing. You should be like, what are the cops doing? that's the only important thing because everybody else feeds off that anyway. So as long as the cops do and like what, what you need them to do, there's no problem because the rest of the ground like follows the lead from that. And the atmosphere has been fine. It didn't need them. And like people defending them saying it was a rallying cry for today. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a rallying cry. It was a tantrum. Well, that that's all it was. And you know, he we all love I love the guy. I love the guy, but that doesn't mean that we can't that we've got to just accept everything he says without question. Again. He overstepped the mark. It was it what he said was like ill informed. Like it was also unfair and just baffling. And then and I said the other night, didn't I? We'll be getting all like the you know, Jegan's right, your fans are shite. And coming out the ground today, what were Arsenal fans singing at the end of the game? Yeah, there you go, Mike. Thanks, Jürgen You know you set us up for that one. Nice one. Uh, we'll finish off. I wanna, I wanna like say well done to the, the clubs. I don't know whether it's like social media team or whoever, whoever does the videos, because they put some fucking boss stuff out this week. You know, but, like really good stuff. The um, the carpool karaoke thing, with Curtis, Cody and Darwin. I thought that oh, was, was that was brilliant. brilliant. It was really, really, really good. good.
1: Wasn't Curtis like fantastic with some of those people?
0: He's a, just a, a natural, isn't he? He's just a,
1: a nice lad. Such a nice lad, you know what I mean? He's just incredible, really. To you know, to, to interact with members of the public like mm-hmm. that and be so warm and to set the right tone. I thought he was really impressive. Like dead, yeah. na- dead nice fella.
0: I've, it's noticeable that Curtis is kind of being pushed to the forefront now. He's kind of taking yeah. Robo's place, you know, with all yeah. of this stuff. Because, and you know what's my real tribute to him? He's not the most natural, like, speaker. You know, in interviews, like, he'll stutter a little bit and he doesn't always Mm -hmm. look, like, particularly comfortable and that. But he's great on on these videos that they do. And it's because he's just, like, just such a, a, a naturally good lad, isn't he? And what's also noticeable is how the other players, like, especially the ones in his age group, they all seem to love him. Like, you know, Gakpo, Darwin... Dom um, you see like on all like the, the, the training videos and that he just seems like really popular with it, with everybody in the squad and you can see that in these videos you know how he comes across. I just think he's uh, he's just been brilliant and I like that carpet. If you if you haven't seen it it's it's well worth watching even if it's just for like Darwin putting in the turkey teeth and
2: like <laughs> <laughs> and <talking> so <laughs> on It's yeah. amazing. How
0: are we? <laughs> it's brilliant isn't it? It's, uh, great stuff. Uh, there's, a, there's some other stuff they've put out recently as well that's been really good um, I thought the
1: older Hay stuff was, was I only saw a short one they normally do a longer one
0: yeah. I thought the
1: older Hay stuff was good and, and to be fair to Klopp after I've just had a little pop at him there I thought he was fucking brilliant with some of those kids again dead yeah. natural like and really warm and you know some there was, there was one there was one kid there who's quite obviously lost the hair so I'm assuming that they were having chemo or some sort, and he's just so natural and effusive and warm and just absolutely brilliant with those children. He was children, running around know. the
0: hospital carrying him about, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I I, I, struggled I I to watch them. I, our, I
1: finally, our, um, but... our, our Harry when he was, I mean, he's twenty two now, but when he was when he was five or six, he had he had some pretty major hip surgery. He had a, he had a little spell in uh, in Alder Hey. And so, I mean, you know, he was struggling a little bit when he was there. But some of the kids in there, fucking hell, some of the shit they yeah, deal with is it, unbelievable. It's tough. And uh, those players got—you can't underestimate what it does for those children and the parents as well. When um, when the players go in like that, and the Everton, the Everton um, squad do it as well, of course. And we can make all the jokes we like about how you might feel seeing Everton rock up, but I think, you know, just the fact that. The fact that uh, the clubs do that for those kids, I think, is absolutely fantastic. And and it's the th- the thing for me is that they're not going through the motions. Mm. They want to be there. They genuinely enjoy the company of the children and the staff. And they do that. The, they they kind of like. I think they're aware of their responsibility to go in and really yeah. lift everybody there. It's fantastic. I love it. Love to see it every year.
0: I, d- I don't think we've got any no have we? No,
1: no. And
0: I, I, I know Milner always said like that was a policy in that, but. You, you can see it, you know, the, the, there isn't any numbers. They all seem like good lads. I know, like, we only get to see what they're putting out and if something's, like, negative, they're not going to air it and that. But you can just kind of tell, you know, they, they just seem like good lads. But, yeah, if, anyone who hasn't watched the uh, the Carpool Karaoke one, it's definitely worth a watch, like, really funny, good stuff. Um, anything else before we call it a night? Like, what's 11 o'clock already. Well,
2: we, we, we need to... Uh... To wish our our listeners a, a very merry Christmas.
0: Who's <laughs> that? that? What, what, what is that? Uh, what that, was that, that my that my voice has
2: gone. <laughs> J- Jürgen asked us to bring it. I brought it, uh, Mr. Cavanna certainly <laughs> got, got, got it brought to him. um So yeah, uh, a very merry Christmas to all of our listeners. <laughs>
0: That's
1: even <a good> worse. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, spot. I, I agree though, mate. You're absolutely spot on. Yeah, happy Christmas, everybody. Nice yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Echo that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Not the result we wanted, but hopefully we get a result on Boxing Day, and um, yeah, that'll set us up nicely for the new year. So yeah, we'll be back after that game on Boxing Day. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Catch you soon. Merry Christmas. Well, the best word I can say, but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.